Welcome to B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. Meet Bonnie. She's from Oklahoma. Where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. A meteorology major and loves to chase. Meet Bobby. He's from Oregon. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got it, boss. Oregon AMS vice president and a former TV weather producer. It's B Squared. Let's talk weather. Welcome into B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. Bonnie, it's been a fun weekend. We'll get to your fun here in a minute. Um, You had a celebrity sighting and then you became best friends with some people. So that's really cool. And we will talk about that because I'm generally stoked for you. But um, we talked about the show last week that, you know, this official first chase season was here. Um, All the dynamics of the atmosphere were going to line up to be potentially a... Big deal Tuesday, Wednesday into Thursday. Uh, Bonnie and the forecast did not disappoint. No, no, it didn't. And, you know, I don't know if you've seen the overlay of the risk area and then the actual reports, but it was pretty, pretty freaking spot on, you know. And I was watching Alabama live coverage pretty much all day, and it, it was a very active crazy day on Wednesday for sure it was and let's recap Tuesday Wednesday Thursday and Wednesday will obviously be the main focus because that's when most of the action took place but we start with Tuesday three official tornado reports um, an EF0 an EF1 and then a what they're calling a very brief tornado touchdown in parts of Oklahoma and Mississippi and much more on the wind report and the hail report Uh, 44 reports of wind on the high-end scale, two of those. Three reports of large hail, but 42 overall hail reports to the Storm Prediction Center in Norman. So, okay, that worked well. Now, all eyes focus then on to Wednesday when we knew that we were looking at a high risk of tornadoes. The Weather Channel Torcons were into the 7 and 8s, I believe, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, something to stop and take notice of. But, Bonnie, when you look at the storm reports, 56 tornadoes including several long track tornadoes. The strongest that I've seen so far that has been rated is an EF2, which falls right in line with those high-end tornadoes, EF2, 3, and 4, you know, on fives. But um, lots of wind reports, 102 wind reports, three of them large, four large hail reports, 49 reports of total hail. But this definitely was a tornado day. And when you go back and look at it, again, forecasts nailed it. I know a lot of people are saying it was a bust, and we will get into that here in a minute. But, Bonnie, you had 56 tornado reports. That doesn't sound like a bust to me. No, not at all. And most of those were in the high-risk area. Yes. And the moderate-risk area, exactly where they said it would be. And that was a crazy day because I just remember Tuesday. It felt like from Tuesday until the time of the actual event that the risk was going up and up and up and it was, you know, enhanced and then it was moderate and then it was high and then it was, you know, seven to eight Torcon rating and then it was PDS tornado watch. And so it just felt like it was just escalating and, you know, for lack of a better term, it, it didn't disappoint. You know, like I said, I was watching Alabama live coverage for a good portion of the day and it just felt like they were bouncing around from, you know, storm to storm to storm, covering three or four tornado warnings at a time in just their coverage area. Right. And in even parts of areas where they weren't within the coverage area because people were tuning in because it was such a high risk day Mm -hmm. for storms, people were watching from across the country. 
And, you know, we saw on weather Twitter a lot of people saying, well, this is a bust. Listen, because a big tornado does not hit a metropolitan area does not mean that it's not a bust. Right. EF5s and 4s don't verify a forecast. You know what I mean? Like, this was a verified tornado outbreak. How many tornadoes did you say there were on Wednesday? Uh, According to SPC, the storm report total for that day was 56 tornadoes. In three states. In three states. Uh, One, two, three, four, five, six, seven states. I think that they did really good. And I really want to say, you know, not trying to like drop names or anything, but I, the, the coverage I was watching was James Spann. Um, we all know who that is. That's, you know, Alabama's Gary England. Like that's, you know, their big dog. And he just, you know, we have good coverage here. We have good meteorologists here who know what they're talking about and do a really good job expressing urgency, but there's just something about the way he covered everything and, I st- like I don't even live in Alabama and I was like, "Ooh, I need to take action, you know, but I didn't feel panicky. I didn't feel like he was getting over excited or like, you know, hyping anything up, but he still was able to get that urgency expressed. He was still able to cover all the storms that needed to be covered, reassure the viewers in those areas like, "Look, this is what we've talked about. You know what to do." Like really empowering them to take care of business and I don't know. I was just very, very impressed. So I just want to like, you know, have that on record. Absolutely. Gary, not Gary, but uh, James is one of the best in the business. You know, we, you and I grew up watching guys like Gary England and, you know, like Jim Cantore and those guys, you know, people in the South and Alabama have grown up watching James Spann. And I will say this with the advent of technology and streaming and social media, James has gone from being a local legend to a national treasure. Yes, yes, he is one of like one of the top dogs in broadcast meteorology and when he speaks people listen and that's a really big deal. So hats off to him and his whole news station because they really they really did a good job covering their portion of Alabama which I think is basically the northern half right. give or take. Right. So they're based in Birmingham but they cover the entire mm-hmm. state and surrounding areas. Well, Wednesday was then rolled into Thursday and Thursday not nearly as bad but again it was the end and we knew that this was going to be a chance of again more tornadoes, some possible long track as we got as this low eventually exited off the east coast seaboard. But nine tornado reports on Thursday, uh 24 wind reports only one large report of hail of the 22 that came in, but you saw tornadoes in Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, and Virginia. Again, the strongest one that they have so far based on storm survey is an EF1, but there were a lot of storms that had rotation. They were warned for a long time. Maybe no damage because it was maybe just verified on radar, but no ground truth or no evidence of you know the tornado touching down. But even into Thursday, conditions were extremely favorable and we saw this and you know you go through the different storm reports and you look at it and a lot of stuff says you know tds the tornado um signature on radar you know observed in a forested area with tree damage no structural damage reported so again you can have tornadoes that do touch down they are seen on radar there's no ground truth because maybe nobody's out there but nothing's destroyed except for maybe a tree or two or a swath of trees well you can't necessarily rate those because, you know, wind does certain things to trees that, you know, maybe would be different to, say, a house. And again, the EF scale is completely arbitrary, right? 
It's based on how much damage and, you know, a lot of research goes in to determine how strong a wind field has to be to blow down a building or blow over a fence or pick up a plastic chair and throw it five miles. So right. that's all there. So, again, so if you get, you know, tornadic winds in a forest and it blows down some trees, you can't really rate it because you might not necessarily know how strong it was. Was there actual rotation or was it just even maybe like a gust front? So you see that in the storm reports a lot for this episode in the south. Yeah, and I mean, there's a lot of times that straight line winds look similar to tornado damage. Not all the time. Like, if you look at some straight line wind damage and some tornado damage, you can tell that they're different. But straight line winds can snap a power pole, and when a tornado hits a power pole and snaps it, it's going to look similar. So that kind of thing, that's what makes it difficult. But, um, you know, we, we talk about this, how the scale makes sense, but it also doesn't make sense. Because, you know, like you said, if it's out in the middle of nowhere, it doesn't mean a tornado went on the ground, but all it did was hit a field and some hay bales, and it doesn't look like it did any damage. So, you know, that's, you know, I think that's always a topic of debate. But one thing I'm not used to, and so I'm kind of spoiled by Oklahoma, is that you can't see a lot of the tornado action with all the forests and hills and and mountains in some areas, you know, here we don't, I mean, we have trees, but we're so flat and we have, you know, three or four stations that all have helicopters and we have three or four stations that have, you know, four or five, six plus storm chasing teams. So, I mean, this state is covered wall to wall and not all states operate that way because there's nothing to look at from the highway because there's a hill or there's a forest in the way. So, that's also something to think about that some stuff can get missed or can happen, but there's no visual confirmation because nobody saw it. Um, that's what I love about Oklahoma is we can see it. <laughs> right. And, you know, that again, you talk to storm chasers and they will tell you that chasing in Dixie Alley is extremely dangerous for all the reasons you just mentioned. Yep, because you cannot see it. And there was plenty of video of them on a highway and you can't see past the highway because there's just trees and then hills with trees. And so all you can do is hope that you're not too close to where the tornado might be crossing the highway in front of you. And you don't really know till it's right there. And so, you know, if you're not from that area, I wouldn't suggest, you know, traveling from here to there to chase, you know, unless you're a very experienced chaser and, and know what you're doing. So I, me personally, I wouldn't because I don't have any experience. Well, you know, again, chasing in Dixie Alley is something different than Tornado Alley. And again, you will talk to any chaser and they will tell you that each area is geographic, brings their own geographic challenges. And I know, you know, chasing tornadoes up in the, uh, you know, northeast part of Oklahoma is different than down in, you know, the Oklahoma Oklahoma City metro area. You know, you do start to get a little bit more hills up to your north. Um, you know, at least with your guys' hills, they're more rolling hills, so you have more advantages of line of sight to the horizon versus, like, what I have out here in the Pacific Northwest. We have hills and trees and forests and everything, and elevation change happens all the time. I mean, if I need to get up above a 1,000 feet, I can do that real quick. I just got to go find a hill. Yeah, and we're we're pretty good, you know, see, like, you, you, we can see the horizon from pretty much anywhere, you know yeah. what I mean? So um, we kind of have that advantage, and... I mean, I think even James Fan referenced that multiple times. He's like, this is not like it is in Oklahoma. You're not going to see the kind of stuff you see in Oklahoma because right. there's just too much geographical features in the way. Right. So, again, I think Wednesday, you know, why some people might be calling it a bust, I don't agree with that assessment. I think 56 tornado reports will verify that. And as you said, 
everything was really confined into you know the appropriate categories from SPC the high risk verified uh, the moderate risk verified it's just one of those things where we look back and we're like okay is it something that you know are we gonna look at next year and say oh yeah I remember that day we might remember it there was nothing really memorable to per se Again, we didn't have a big tornado go through downtown Tuscaloosa. We did not have a big tornado go through, you know, downtown Birmingham. But there was a strong tornado that went through Selma, Alabama. That's a pretty big deal. There are a lot of people that live in Selma. The history with Selma alone makes it a big deal. So, you know, is it a bust? No, not by any stretch of the imagination. Well, and the other thing is there was multiple counties and cities that were under tornado warnings multiple times for different storms. So the atmosphere had enough fuel for one storm to come through and be tornado warned and then another storm to come through that same area and be tornado warned. So, I mean, there was enough ingredients and fuel in place to, you know, keep the action going for a long time. And you know what? If you talk to anybody whose house or business or anything was destroyed, they'll it'll be a memorable day for them and they will consider this not a bust. So, yeah, like you said, just because an EF5 didn't go through a major city like like here and more, you know, that doesn't mean that it was a bust at all. So Right. And, you know, again, Thursday was a day that, you know, those in North Carolina and on the East Coast, they saw some tornadoes, nothing big again, EF1 strongest one. I will say this, it quickly reverted back to the West Coast on Friday. We had a tornado move through uh, the Northwest. It was a very small EF0 in the town of Ilwaka, Washington, which is right on the Oregon-Washington border out on the coast. Uh, The tornado track was less than, I want to say, six blocks. I need to pull up the official uh, length, but the National Weather Service Portland sent out a storm storm survey team. They went out and they looked at it, and yeah, sure enough, there we go. There's a tornado that came down. It was near the Owaco Airport, and it blew some stuff around, and people were like, oh my gosh, there's a tornado, and everyone's like, no, there's not. Yes, there is. So what I love Aww, about it. All the West Coast felt left out. No, so we always like, feel, hey, we, always we need feel to get a tornado too. <laughs> we always feel what left out, you know. It's sad. But again, I will say I forgot on Tuesday we did have one tornado here. Mm-hmm. And I think it went through Hobart and it did destroy a little bit of some structures. But so we did I mean, you know, Oklahoma's trying to get in there on Tuesday. Right. But it's it's March, it's middle March, you know. Give Oklahoma time. Right. So the total path length was 0.3 miles or roughly 500 yards. Um, Touched down at 8.04 and ended at 8.08. Wind speeds were roughly estimated about 65 miles an hour. EF rating was a zero. And it began near Red Wing Way, Captain Gray Drive on the north side of the airport, and ended, like we said, about 500 yards away near Chinook Valley Road and U.S. Highway 101. So um, the path uh, wasn't very wide. The maximum width speed was 60 yards. Maximum wind speed, 65 miles an hour. So, you know, it, a relatively good EF0. But, again, cold core funnels. Uh, we were under just the generic thunderstorm risk that day. So it just goes to prove a point. Anytime that you're shaded in any type of green from light green to the high pink, you do have a chance of some type of twister. Yep, that's absolutely true. And, you know, it, it, even the little ones can cause devastating damage to, you know, one family or one business. Right. So it's it's any tornado is not something to take lightly. Yep, it was, it was the first confirmed tornado in Pacific County 
since June of 1991. Whoa. Yeah. So it's a long time. And again, Pacific County on the or on the Washington coast. Um, again, maritime climate. You're not going to see a whole lot of uh, strong thunderstorms, but occasionally they pop. And there you go. Sure enough, it did. Hey, everything just needs to line up just right for a minute and you yep. get what you need, you yep. know. So do you think the reason that the, quote, long track devastating tornadoes didn't happen in Mississippi and Alabama, do you think that was due to the rain and cloud coverage throughout the day? It very well could have. I mean, it could have kept some of the ingredients down. I know that the wind shear, you know, and wind turning with height was definitely not an issue. Yeah. Because you watch any of the coverage, that's all the things the guys were talking about. Like, they're like, listen, the ingredients are in place. Yeah. But, okay, because you didn't have an EF3 tornado, which I guess is classified as the high end of the scale, three, four, and five. Mm-hmm. I still don't think that validates a bust or not. I mean, you had 59 confirmed tornado reports. How how many of those are redundant? I know that SBC does a really good job of, you know, taking storms that have been doubled up on, you know, different report calls and they get into one. But you got 59 confirmed reports. That's 59 independent tornadoes. Yeah. And that's that is a lot, you know. It is. And for what, like less than a 12 hour span 100% and again these and it wasn't one of these things where it was like okay we had to wait all day to get to six seven o'clock at night these things were popping at noon yep yep it got going really really quick as soon as there was a little daytime heating it felt like bam they started to spark yeah and you could clearly see on radar if a storm was not necessarily dropping a tornado they were still rotating and they're rotating pretty quick you know the amount of actual you know, supercells that were transversing the, the countryside was pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, there was several that went over the same areas multiple times and, you know, maybe put a tornado down in the same spot, maybe not. But there were people who were in a tornado warning multiple times throughout the afternoon. And, you know, that's got to be a little bit nerve wracking because most of the time, most of the time, once you've had your severe weather warning, your tornado warning, that's basically it. You know what I mean? The atmosphere has been worked over in your particular area. So the chances of you getting another one back to back doesn't always happen very, you know, it doesn't happen more often than it does happen. So on Wednesday for people to be under the gun multiple times, you know, that just had to be very stressful. Right. And again, we talk about this in meteorology. The term is called training where you have storms and individual cells or lines of storms that follow the same path, right? They're like on railroad tracks. That's why they call it training. You saw this with a lot of these severe storms. They were they followed the same path. Go pull up in the visual representation from Storm Prediction Center of the storm mm-hmm. reports. Everything is in a line. Yep. And again, yep. that also bodes for long track tornadoes. That bodes for storms going over the same place. It bodes for you know flooding issues, wind issues, hail issues, the whole nine. Yeah, and and flooding was an issue, Um, not one that's being talked about a lot, but even before any severe weather, uh, I mean, severe thunderstorm or tornado warnings popped, there was areas that were flooding because there was just those initial storms that were popping up and just dropping buckets of rain. So, I mean, Alabama really got got it, and so did Mississippi. So, like we said earlier, it doesn't take an EF3, 4, or 5 to verify a high-risk day. Right. So, you know, we fast-forward to today. There are no organized severe thunderstorm forecasted, which is great. There are still some storms down around like Augusta, Georgia, some thunderstorms. We could have a possible 
thunderstorm or two pop it's kind of unstable up here in the northwest and then it looks like there's an organized area of low pressure that's making its way out of north dakota into minnesota but bonnie it looks like you guys might get back into the action tomorrow yeah um looking at it earlier today there was that marginal risk down in southern oklahoma and then this afternoon they have expanded that to cover the whole state which leads me to think that i bet by tomorrow there's a slight risk issued for some parts of Oklahoma. So we'll see, but, um, yeah, spring is really coming in like a lion and I feel like it's going to stay in like a lion. What's the phrase in like a lion out like a lamb. Yes, that's correct. Uh, and there's no lambs here. Okay. It's just no. all lions. No, it's all tiger King, <laughs> by the way, happy one year anniversary of tiger King. <laughs> Bringing more love to the state of Oklahoma than we could ever imagine. Oh my gosh. And the point, the fact that we have two tiger safaris in Oklahoma, like, right. you know what I mean? Like, that's just not right. something we're proud of, I guess. To borrow the David Payne line, that's not the one you're thinking of. <laughs> you know, when he's got to clarify that, you know, that's terrible. I'm writing that down, by the way. That's <laughs> not the one that's one of my favorite things he's ever said. The other thing that I love is his rant about Bradford pear trees that he had one night in the middle of covering severe weather. <laughs> and it's so funny. There's even a meme about it and I'll have to find it. But he knows that one where the guy's looking at the girl and then his girlfriend's yes. looking at him like, Ugh, it's, it's so funny. Like he just <laughs> was talking about how he hates Bradford pears. <laughs> oh my gosh. We need to get David Payne a t-shirt that says that's not the one you're thinking of. <laughs> Uh, he's got some gems, you know, yes, like he, he says some stuff that's just, he's got a little comedic action to him, which I, I like, you, you know, do, you do have to have it. Like, you got to keep it lighthearted. Like it. it is serious, but you do got to keep it lighthearted. Yeah, exactly. Especially when it's not as big of a day, like Tuesday, we had some severe weather, but there wasn't, it wasn't like major, you know, right. like I said, we had that one little tornado that was on the ground for like 30 seconds. And then that was basically it other than hail. So, you know, he likes to just keep it light and funny and i like that i like right. that he's kind of an entertainer a little bit right and you have to when you work in tv weather you got to make sure you entertain I'm, oh, the other favorite line i've ever heard him say is i love it when val yells at me <laughs> it's like okay because you just hear them in the background like oh, yeah. david 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 and so it's just you know i don't know <laughs> i'm spoiled i don't know if i could ever leave oklahoma because i don't think any other state has weather coverage like we do and i just they really don't. love the way we do it uh, maybe maybe Texas, but even then, I, I don't know. But speaking of Oklahoma News 9, uh, you became friends with some celebrities on Friday. You got to tell us the story. So I had gone out with some friends for a 30th birthday. We went out to Top Golf first, which is just this cool place that's got like this big open area. I don't know if there's Top Golf's other places. It's a driving in the range. Yes, there are. There are many Top Golf's. Okay. I have one. I actually, where, where I work for Amazon, we back up against the Top Golf. Oh, okay. Awesome. So then you know what I'm talking about. It's fun. I didn't hit any golf balls because, look, I'm not athletic. I was wearing a really cute jacket that was very restricting, and so I couldn't have, you know, followed through very well, and Tiger Woods would have been disappointed. So I just drank, okay? I'm just going to just be real. So that was up on the north side of Oklahoma City. So then we all decided to come back down to this bar and more because most of us live down here and more. Um, and we went to this little bar called Okie Tonk, which that's about as Oklahoma as you can possibly get. Right. And, you know, we're just in there hanging out. And the girl whose birthday it was, apparently she's best friends with a storm chasing team from Channel 9. And they were there and they introduced me to them. And it was just 
Like I did, my heart stopped. We hung out with them like the whole entire night. Um, I don't want to drop any names cause I don't want it to sound yeah, like don't. that, but you know, I, uh, it was just so good. You know, we did exchange some information and, you know, we've just got some things in the works we were talking about. And, um, so very exciting, very exciting things possible in the future for me as far as that goes. So I'm just, that was the highlight of my night and my weekend and my week and right. my life. <laughs> I, I, I'm sitting at work at the, the country bar that I work at and Bonnie FaceTimes me. I'm like, Ooh, something must be it because generally I know when Bonnie FaceTimes, something serious is going on. So it's either severe weather or it's, you know, big personal news. And she's like, you will never believe who I just met. And I'm just like, Oh, this is the most amazing thing ever. I could barely hear her over the top of the music that I was blaring because I have a giant speaker above my head. But when she told me the story, I was like, this is the most cool thing I've ever heard. So thank you for calling me and making my Friday a lot of fun. Hey, you know what? I was just like, who's going to appreciate this the most? And you, that's yep, who. Absolutely. So that's why I was like, I have got to call you first. Absolutely. And I had a million questions for you. I was just like, oh, but I was like, okay, just, you know, go back, hang out with them. And then we'll, we'll ask all the questions when we can later. It, it was it was so good. So we'll you know we'll see what happens going forward. But that was really just you know because I, I mean I've interacted with News Nine people before and job shadowed up there a little bit and stuff. So I have a little bit of a connection to that channel and I just you know I hope I don't know I just hope I just have some <laughs> hopes for some stuff. So hopefully right. that all comes to fruition at some yep. point. Yep, knocking knocking on wood around the studio. So you're good. Yes. Uh, but I, I'm just, I'm totally stoked for you because it's always cool when you get to meet, you know, quote unquote celebrities. And again, people might think, you know, they're storm chasers, right? They're not celebrities. You have to understand when you're weather, hardcore weather geeks like Bonnie and I are, our people that we look up to are storm chasers. We look up to, you know, forecasters on TV and the national weather service and private entities. And, you know, those are the people that we want to associate with because they're just like us. Right. Yeah. And it's not because they're like famous. Sure. It's because they're getting to do what we want to do for a living. I mean, okay, for real, most storm chasers here in Oklahoma, especially they have other careers, right? but they're getting paid though. You know, when severe weather comes up, they get paid to go out and do that. And that, you know, they get to be right there, right in the thick of it. And that's, you know, everybody's dream. And that's, that's where the quote starstruckness comes in. You know, when I'm around them, I'm intimidated because I'm like, wow, you know, you're doing what I want to do. Right. You've got the passion like I have. It's not because, oh, you're on TV. It's, you know, you're the same level of geek that I am <laughs> and you're getting paid for it. And that's where the like excitement comes in. 100%. I've worked in TV and radio for 20 years. I've met everybody from Tiger Woods to President Bush and Vice President Al Gore. Okay. I've met everybody in the NBA. I've met, you know, a lot of important people. I don't get starstruck by that because I just understand they're human. But you put me in a crowd with like George Strait, I'm going to fangirl it up all day. Oh, yeah. We definitely all have those people that, you know, I mean, one time, long time ago, there was this bar open in downtown Oklahoma City called Sky Bar. And it was on the fourth floor of this building downtown. And you had to take an elevator to get up to it. You could <laughs> so, take hold, the hold, stairs, hold but hold, I'm not taking the stairs. Hold on here. It was on the fourth floor and it was called the Sky Bar. Yeah, but I think gotcha. that was the top floor of that particular Got building. It. Okay, that makes sense. And they had like an outside like patio area as well as like an inside Ooh, place. Okay. And it was it was nice because like on Tuesdays they had a lot of three dollar drinks, not just beer, but like mixed drinks. And then I think ladies got wow. in free that night. So 
that was in my days where I could go out on a Tuesday night. That does not happen anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm waiting for the elevator. I'm at the bottom waiting and the doors open and freaking Russell Westbrook from Oklahoma City Thunder is standing there. And I was starstruck at that point. Like I felt my mouth open. I felt my eyebrows touching my hairline because I was just like, oh my gosh. Like, first of all, he's 10 feet tall and he's Russell Westbrook. And he just like walks past me. And that year they had made it into the playoffs, but I think that they were whatever champions. They're, what is it? Western Conference Yeah, they could have been a Western Conference, yeah. So I think that year that they they were and they didn't make it to the finals. But, you know, he walks past me. He he didn't even look at me, but let's be real. You know, his eye line is four feet above my head. So, but he walks past me and he walks down a little bit. And I was like, Russell Westbrook. And he turned around and looked at me and I couldn't even like barely say anything, but I was like, congratulations. And he was like, oh, thanks. And then walked on and I was like, well, I just peed my pants. Like, (laughs) so I have my moments where I'm actually starstruck, but, you know, with, the folks I met at the bar on Friday, it was a different kind of starstruck feeling. And I was, you know, we just like talked and, you know, I talked about, asked them about their experience. And I was like, where were you May 3rd? You know? And they were like, Oh, we were in bridge Creek and we were chasing it up from bridge Creek and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, you guys are my heroes right now. (laughs) Right. Well, that must've been the 2011, 2012 season where they beat the Spurs in the conference finals and they lost to the Miami heat. Led by one LeBron James, four games to one. Yes, I think that's exactly, I think that was exactly the year. Yep. They had a span there from 2010 to 2016 where they won the Northwest Division five out of six years. Yeah, I mean, we were going to the playoffs back to back to back to back, you know, and I mean, we were in the finals a few times and I miss those days because it felt like this whole entire state was just on fire during that time because we were all pumped there was signs and stuff everywhere and now covid has just ruined everyone's lives covid is covid can suck it for real i'm just a big fat one i'm tired of it i'm tired of covid i'm tired of the whole nine but hey there is a light at the end of the tunnel things are looking good so knock on wood that that continues hey i am registered i'm in phase four i don't know when phase four starts around here but i will be in phase four for the uh, Johnson and Johnson one dose shot. So we'll see how that goes. My sister got it a few weeks ago. As far as I know, she's been fine. Good. Cause I'm, uh, my, my doctors have told me that I'm going to wait. Um, so I don't know what that means for me, but with that said, I guess that we're just gonna, we'll, we'll go from there, but I think I'd rather go with the Johnson and Johnson one shot versus the two. That's just my personal belief, but I will leave that up to the medical professionals in my life to determine that. Yeah. Well, and I've heard, I don't know which one of the two dose shots it is, but for a lot of people on the second dose, they feel pretty crappy for the next like 24 to 48 hours. But yeah. I think that happens the... with the flu sometimes, right. you know, you get the flu shot and you feel sick for a day and right. it just happens. I think it's the Moderna shot, but I could be wrong. Yeah. I think that you're right. But I mean, a vaccine is like putting the virus into your body to help your body learn how to recognize it and fight it. So that's what makes you feel sick. Yes and no. Uh, MRNA, no, but normal vaccines, yes. MRNA is just the giving your body the code response so it identifies, you know, it identifies what it is. So. Well, that's what I meant, okay, yes. Mr. Fauci? Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, don't even go there. Don't even go there. <laughs> that dude is strange. Listen, I, I have all the respect in the world for him, but he seems a little strange to me. Like, he never got out and partied as a child or a teenager well, or a young person. 
You know, it's the really super smart ones. You know, that's that's what they do. He's been studying and learning and becoming a professional and an expert his whole life. So what would we do without him? That's a really good question. That's a really, really good question. All right. What do you guys have coming up forecast wise in Oklahoma City? Uh, not a whole lot. Tomorrow we do have, you know, the storm chances we were talking about. So we'll see if that goes up tomorrow. Um, there are rain chances later on in the week, but I believe it's just rain, um, maybe a rumble of thunder, but it's not a severe risk. Um, other than that, just kind of cooler temperatures. Um, this last week after our severe weather on Tuesday, it really, really, really cooled down. And that's, you know, what sparked all of this was a really pretty strong cold front coming through, which backtracking to that, we had a small area of an enhanced risk on Tuesday up in far northwestern right. Oklahoma. And I want to point out, though, that that same area was also in a blizzard warning for the next day. <laughs> Only in Oklahoma, right? <laughs> Only in Oklahoma are you in an enhanced risk for severe weather and a blizzard warning at the same time. That's why I can't leave this state, okay? This does not happen anywhere else. <laughs> right. I almost think that if I were to move to Oklahoma, I'd have to live somewhere up north around the Panhandle. Because that seems to do the, you know, the whole full gamut, right? Winter, spring, summer, all in one. Yeah, they really do. But you know what? I will say this. They also get wildfires. Be careful. There's yes. also nothing up there. That is that is very true. I've driven through Amarillo, which obviously is not in the panhandle of Oklahoma. I do know that. But, uh, yeah, the biggest city in the Texas panhandle is, is Amarillo. And even then, there's nothing there. Yeah. But, hey, I also want to point out that the amount of times that I see Canadian Texas, something going on in Canadian Texas, which is just on the other side um, of the Oklahoma, Texas state line in the Texas panhandle. But we, that's where I feel like a lot of stuff gets started is right around there. And then it moves into Northwest Oklahoma. But, you know, I feel like nobody talks about Canadian Texas. So I hope they're Hmm. all good and that they have, you know, someone looking out for them because they're getting it a lot. I'm sure there is. I'm, I know there's, the National Weather Service office covers them quite well. So, uh, yeah, Canadian Texas is definitely one of those hot spots. Mm-hmm. Um, out here in the Northwest, we just have rain likely. I mean, it's bad when your forecast can, can you know, be buried down to two words such as rain likely. So <laughs> uh, that's what we're looking at through most of the week. We might actually have a decent day on Tuesday. Other than that, just back into rain showers. And it's quite hilarious. Um Forecast models have been in this really weird thing where it's, you know, it's obviously there's a lot of cold air aloft. And so we can get, you know, some daytime heating. It can pop a thunderstorm or two. It's very typical for spring out here. By the way, welcome to calendar spring. Those of you that are now just joining the rest of us meteorologists, you're only 20 days late as usual. But welcome. We're glad to have you. Um, Models have been forecasting like the temperatures at 850 millibars to be like minus six to minus 10, which in winter would be snow all the way down to the valley floor. And so our mountains are getting a ton of snow, which is great. We need it. But even like all the forecast stuff, major metro area at 300 feet of elevation, snow level 2,500 feet, snow level 3,000 feet. I'm like, you don't need to put it in the forecast, guys. You're just teasing me at this point. Right. Like, don't, you know tease me with oh it's getting closer it's getting closer like no just don't and the next line is oh on saturday mostly sunny high 62 (laughs) no don't do that see and that's the thing like i don't really know because this time of year is crazy like any snow that happens anywhere it's not going to be around for much longer after it snows but i don't 
I never even saw final snow reports out of Northwest Oklahoma and the panhandles. So I don't know exactly how much they got, but I'm sure it's gone now. <laughs> I'm sure it is too. <laughs> if it didn't get blown away by the wind, it, you know, left when it got melted. I don't know. Oh my God. The wind is just nuts. It has been nuts. It is for crazy. weeks now. It is crazy. Well, you know, hopefully we, you know, kind of look like it could be a quiet weather week shaping up. That's okay. We're kind of due for it, but let's see what happens. Um, one thing that we do need to talk about real quick, and we'll get into this more as we get into hurricane season, but Bonnie, the Greek alphabet has gone away for tropical storms in the Atlantic Ocean. I saw that. So what are they going to have, like a secondary list? They will have a secondary list of just the generic alphabet, A through Z, um, and they'll use those as needed. And it's going to be very interesting. The World Meteorological Organization finally caved to NOAA and the National Hurricane Center and said, listen, we don't need this. It's confusing. And we've had multiple storms, especially late, that have gone into the Greek alphabet. And we've had to retire some of those letters. So um, we can't make that stuff back up. Like, we just can't automatically put another, you know, word in the Greek alphabet that's not there. So, yeah. You know, like, you then eight. what are you going to have to start doing? Like, putting in, like, Jewish letters? Like, you know what I mean? Like, exactly. at some point, it's like, okay... But you know what, though? That means that Bonnie has the potential to be retired. Yes, it does. So that is awesome. So the link- I know that really sounds terrible of me. Like, I'm really not trying to, like, wish devastation <laughs> on any community. But that would just be cool because before I didn't have that chance. My storms are little baby storms typically in right. the beginning of the season. Well, if you read the article that I texted you, and I will post this on our Twitter page, at Weather Podcast, it talks about storms that have had, you know, Many variations of them, and they're saying here's the case being made now to retire it. Say, after a storm has gone through like a eight or a nine or a ten name cycle. So say we've had ten Bonnies, let's just retire the name Bonnie, okay? And again, the criteria for retiring a storm name obviously is physical, uh, mental, and property damage, right? Because right. you don't want it to keep bringing up you know negative connotations. Well, if you have ten name storms named Bonnie. Eventually, you're going to have one that's going to do something to somebody that's going to make them upset. And I'm not talking about, you know, we need to, you know, not, this is not the cancel culture by any stretch of the imagination. But it makes sense. After a storm has been used X number of times, just move on to the next letter or the next name in, the, in that letter because it's a chance for a new start. It's a chance for something else to happen. But, yeah, I think we should retire Bonnie. It's been used forever. Yeah, but I want it to be retired because it was a Mac Daddy storm, you know. Okay, so it's going to be a Cat 5 into the Gulf Coast. We get it. That's that's what I want. But I, I know what you're saying. Like, at some point, there'll be enough tied to the name Bonnie from past storms that even if it's not a major Cat 5, it still needs to right. just be, right. you know, no more. So that, you know, I'm good either way. Right. And there, listen, there is a chance that you could have a big Bonnie storm. I mean, Hurricane Andrew was a Cat 5, right? Yeah, you can do that. So, again, I'll post the, the link to the article that explains the whole thing on our weather podcast page on Twitter at weather podcast. But, uh, yeah, we'll dump, we'll definitely jump into that as we get closer to the hurricane season, because I think it's very fascinating that they decided to uh, rename the storm. And then we also have to talk about the possibility, as we have a little bit initially on the show, about moving up the start of hurricane season from June 1st to May 15th. So. Which even if they don't, I cannot believe that we're two months away from the next hurricane season. Right. I swear the last one just ended. It did. It literally it literally did. Three and a so half months it's ago. It's just it's nuts. It's nuts. 
I just laugh. It's quite hilarious, isn't it? It really is. And I, I feel like we went through the alphabet last year really fast. Like how many times were we like, oh, there's Paulette. Oh, there's Othafine or whatever the O name was. Otis? <laughs> I don't remember what it was, but I just remember we we were talking about all these storms like back to back to back rapid fire. So I wonder if this season will be the same. No, I'm right there with you. I am right there with you. So let's see what happens. It's going to be interesting. It's more fodder to talk about as we get going forward. So, man, I'm excited. Me too. Like the action's picking back up. So stay tuned. Let's see what happens. Well, I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And we are B-Squared, your weekly weather podcast. We will talk to you guys next week. Bye.